What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Middle cup! Hey, behave! Hey, holding up over there. Uh, not well, guy. Not, not. Got to be completely honest. Why? We're, not we're a week away. Well at all. We're a week away from the NFL opener Thursday. We got Navy BYU on Monday night. Uh, we got UAB Georgetown State or somebody this week. Shane Bouchel, man, look at this guy. What's wrong? Taco Bell guy. Taco Bell discontinued. Some of the, you could argue, I probably the bean burritos. I would say they're staple. We used to think Taco Bell, for I mean for me, or maybe just normal tacos. But to me, the Mexican pizza was like, what did Dice K have? That special pitch. It wasn't the matzo ball, but it was the yeah, the 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 whirly bird or the what they call it, the whizinator. Do you remember Mike Musina had like a knuckle curve? Like Mike Musina had a had knuckle curve. Special pitches. I really believe, guy, deep down in my heart, as just a dirty eater, the Mexican pizza is a top five all-time unique fast food item, and it it got discontinued, guy. Yeah, because apparently it's seven million pounds of sea waste or something. Is that why? Taco Bell's still alive, by the way. If you're listening to this podcast, you're like, Taco Bell's folded? No, 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 no. Taco Bell, ha- Taco Bell hasn't folded, but they have discontinued the Mexican pizza, a fan favorite at the chain. This is quoting the CNBC article uh, because, like you said, the 7 million pounds of paperboard, because you know it comes in that little board, right? It, you know, no different than the Big Mac comes in the little, you know, cardboard container. Yep. You open it up and you eat your Mexican pizza. Now, they're also adding, like, the shredded chicken taco, which... I still like to go to fast food every once in a while, but you try to go healthy. That was always one of my go-tos, get some shredded chicken tacos. Those have been discontinued. And this was an oldie, I don't know necessarily a goodie, but it was definitely popular, the seven-layer burrito. Remember when they developed that? 
Yeah, I mean, for me, John, the, the Mexican pizza has far more fans than the seven-layer burrito. Completely agree. Complete, the seven-layer burrito is not a fan favorite. But I would say in the last, what year is this, 2020? So in the last 15 years, 13 years, the majority of my Taco Bell eating is done in the car. And my Mexican 100%. pizza, now I know you've been known to go Mexican pizza while driving. It's an incredible skill. It, it is a, 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 a federal crime in some states, Mexican pizza while driving. Seriously? No. But oh. distracted while driving is. And doing this with a Mexican pizza is really hard. So uh, do you remember there was a time in our lives when you would go, and many people listening to this feel this way, I'm sure, you would go get Taco Bell and drive home and eat it on a table. Yeah. What did you say, 2004? <laughs> yeah, those days, for me, sport, you know, we're a big sports show. We're lifestyle as well, fashion, uh, business. You know, we do everything. Motivation. Motivation. Self-help. Sports and Taco Bell have always crossed over for me because for me, especially, like, going to a game late, coming back from Candlestick or Levi's or coming back from the Oracle or... A's get you know, Stanford. I'm sure you, when you were scouting, you're driving late nights trying to get from Eugene to Pullman, trying to get from Tucson to Provo. Taco it didn't Bell, even man. have to be a meal, right? It could just be like, I just need a couple tacos to hold me over, right? Uh, well, yeah, but it would always be multiple things. That was the beauty of yeah, Taco yeah. Bell, is pulling up to the window and going like, I'm going to need a minute. So you always went Mexican pizza? What percentage no, of your no, Taco no, no, no. Bell I, orders? I didn't know. I, I, Mexican pizza was a staple probably in my younger days. As I've gotten older, I've attempted to go healthier. You know, shredded chicken tacos that have been discontinued and bean burritos. But someone, a bunch of people DM'd me and said, you remember the order. The staple order was, you know, the meals, the Mexican pizza, and two Taco Supremes and a soda. Like that mm. was... A big meal for a guy just trying to grub, you know, back in its heyday, and you could argue Taco Bell's probably still in its heyday, but its heyday when we were younger, that was like five ninety nine or six ninety nine. I mean, that's that's a pretty solid meal, guy. You get a large Pepsi or Mountain Dew with a Mexican pizza and two Taco Supremes. You do the hell, do you could probably even throw concerned. in another taco on there for ninety nine cents. Yeah. I was always minimum two tacos and a burrito, and then we'll see where we go from there. But every time I'd eat the tacos, I'd be like, why don't I just get two burritos? Because, you know, I'm driving in the tacos. Um, would you say yeah, the— you know, you know when offensive coordinators go into a game and say, listen, we're at minimum going to take three deep shots? I had a baseline when I entered the drive-thru that, like you said, two tacos and a burrito or like a Mexican pre pizza and a couple tacos were my baseline. And then I, then I went and attacked from there. Well, you said something, too, that— like, I would always go in, and you'd get to the Taco Bell drive. You'd be like, all right, how do I keep this healthy? I don't want to go overboard. And I'd always get out. That's from the last, like, 10 years, right? I'd get out of the drive-thru. I'd drive. I'd be done eating in four and a half minutes. And I'd go, I'm still hungry. Why, what what kind of, why did I try to go healthy? I'm going to Taco Bell. I'll be healthy another meal, you know? I yeah, because that, that that's that the one up. thing. I, the Mexican pizza was a little dirty. It was like kind of like a fried chip almost, tostada. And then I don't even know really quite, I've never even broke down what it was. I always just enjoyed it. I, I Honestly, guy, it had some meat, it had some beans, it had some cheese, it had some definitely some salsa. I, if you ask like break down 
inch by inch. Uh, like if you told me what's in a Taco Bell taco, like it's you know exactly the layering, what it looks like. I don't exactly know what's in the Mexican pizza. I just enjoyed it. Yeah. And now it's gone, guy. I know. R.I.P. The beauty until like, they bring it back for like uh, McRib month. See, I've never gotten into all that shit like McRib and the fish. Like uh, the to me, Taco was... Bell's additions were always way better than McDonald's additions. I always thought. Yeah. You can just do so much more with Mexican food, right? I think. you Because it's all the We've talked about this. It's all the same, just packaged differently. In a burrito, on top of a burrito. You know, like a Mexican pizza is just a f- open-faced fried burrito. You well, know, exact, well, burgers, well, it's God. like, I, I don't need all the different... No, well, like, I think when we were in high school, maybe, it could have been junior high, they just came up with the double-decker taco. It had to be like in 1982 or 3 when they are just like... You know what? We're gonna put a line back here, and it's now worth three points. Like, it's a pretty basic idea. Like, you just take a soft taco, you take a hard taco, you put a little bean to keep to keep like essentially be the glue, and you put them together. It's genius. I loved I, my favorite item of all time at Taco Bell was the double decker taco. I think. Really, I, I I definitely ate in in my heyday of eating Taco Bell. I always got the double decker taco. Do you the think bean the, burrito was its go? Was like it could never disappoint. It was always consistent, but yeah, I mean, I'd say the bean burrito is probably. I'm probably have ordered a bean burrito with every Taco Bell order. That I would agree. If I doubled up on burritos, there would be two burritos. Um, I remember for a while they had the Fresca menu, where it was like, oh yeah, let's give me some grilled chicken, and then it's like, wait, the burrito's six seventy five. No, 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 I want the burrito that's two twenty five. There was a so the burritos. Time. I'd say the burrito supreme was probably is probably my number one order. Yeah, that's up there for me too. Anything supreme, chicken taco supreme, taco supreme. Just you, you just go supreme. It's always like soft super and soft chicken taco. I, oh, I love a good soft chicken. soft chicken oh. taco. Do you think the spicy potato soft taco, which was also discontinued, is gonna? Are there many uh, tears being shed over that? Yeah, I mean there are several other items in the veg community. I had never tried, and I think will go pretty untalked about. I, I I do think the Mexican pizza is the equivalent of like, hey, guy, did you see Tom Brady just announced his retirement? Like it, it's it's just it's a pretty shocking just the headline. Tears right? in the, the streets. Headline. Yeah, the Mexican it's a shocking headline. <laughs> it is. It's, it's it definitely leading the news. I might have to, uh, you know, dabble in you know what. A little ease.com a little later and head to Taco Bell after we finish this podcast. I, know I mean, that. I got to think that the lines are just going to be. I, have we have they announced a end date on the uh, Mexican pizza? I, I, I didn't. Once I saw it was done, I didn't keep scrolling. It it, it, it rattled me. So I, I did. Don't know. I did stop in the other day. Uh, November fifth. November fifth. Okay. All right. So get you. We I, I, I what two months. I got a haircut yesterday, John. On the walk home, I stopped in and saw a guy Farzad. Who sells shoe, shoe has a shoe store around the corner from me, and he's got a big liquidation sign on the window. He's shutting it down, yeah. and I said, "How are things going?" I always, you know, I talked to him over the months and weeks and years. Nice guy. And I'm like, "How's it going?" He's like, "Well, since I put the liquidation sign up, great. <laughs> People are just coming out of the woodwork." So uh, it, it, you know. it's amazing the power of that. Taco Bell will get a lot of business these last couple months. I will. I, I'm going to try to average maybe a Mexican. Pe- I'm going to get a couple Mexican pieces before they go away. I'll promise you that. Maybe freeze some, maybe keep them in the freezer for later. Yeah, that might be too bold of a move, but I'm definitely going to eat them. Uh, ease.com, John, promo code ham. Ease.com, the promo code is ham. When you go to ease.com and you use the promo code ham, you get 
$20 off an order of $50 or more. I can, there are not many. If Say that another way. Say $20. You can, it's almost 50% off. No one's, no one's doing that for you these days. Ease is. No. Ease is. Ease.com. E-A-Z-E.com. You just go, you check around their uh, their menu, and it changes depending on where you live. Northern California, Southern California, Central Coast, Central Valley. Trust me, we've been to them all. <laughs> we've been all over this great state that we like to call the state of California and ease the number one. They're number one in the country, but they're definitely number one in the state of California. Use our promo code, whether it's ham, $20 off a purchase of $50 or more, or a guy, or a guy. If you're a returning user, you use ham, and you use the number 10. Is that, I think that's Jimmy Garoppolo's number. And you throw in 10, ham and Jimmy. then all of a sudden, the old <laughs> yeah, ham just, Jimmy. you get a little 10% off. You get a, you know, you order a couple edibles, you order a pre-roll, boom, you type in ham 10, you get yourself a little discount. How do you beat that? I don't know. You don't. Ease.com, promo code ham, or promo code ham 10 if you're a returning user. Tell your friends, grassroots, we like telling our friends, we like including, we're big, we're very big into inclusivity. Tell everybody. Uh, we all know you got friends that dabble. Let them know or don't. It's health has health benefits. They're documented, well documented now. Get them on board the train. That is ease. That is Haberman Middlecoff. Just combine the two of your favorite things and uh, have a party. Go to Taco Bell. On demand cannabis delivery must be twenty one or over. You get verified online in minutes. Ease dot com promo code ham or ease dot com promo code ham ten one zero. Go get it. We are, after all that, we are now, if you listen to this after Thursday, we are on the clock then less than a week away for an incredible sports week, John. Sneaky, the PGA's, uh, well, it's not really a PGA event, but the Tour Championship goes Friday to Monday. Yeah. Labor Day, guy. Labor Day. <laughs> we got a football game on Monday, Labor Day, Navy-BYU. It'll be the first football game of 2020 involving teams you've heard of. Completely honest, I didn't know BYU was playing football this year. Independent. Yeah, smart. Um, there are some other football games. SMU plays somebody, you know, a couple other games. So if you're into that. I saw, I saw Jaden Daniels tweeted, the Arizona State quarterback, that they were supposed like to play emoji. Thursday. Supposed, who are they playing? Do you know? Northern Arizona. Yeah. Would, th- would that have been Haberman on the call? Probably? Yeah, probably too good of a game for me, but. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and then Thursday we got Texans Chiefs, which right now is a Crazy big nine and a half point line. Did you see the Chiefs Super Bowl rings? I Vicha, I text him, congrats. You know, he got a contract extension. Yeah. He can afford uh, the tax bill. Yeah, and he was pretty excited. I mean, it, it's part of the deal. I mean, it happens. It's one of those stories that come out for every team. Yeah, I love it every year. Happens. I'm always like, what about the secretary who's paying $11,000 in tax on that ring? They just take it out of your paycheck. Yeah. He, he, sent, he sent me the picture of his ring on his hairy hand, and it looked pretty sweet. So, uh, you see, I mean, guy, the, you know who the big winner of the night was? Did you, have you, I mean, Mahomes, on the night he got his ring, got on a knee and got engaged to his girlfriend. Oh, did he? And then I, they no, threw I didn't par- see that. Then they threw a party in, like, uh, the owner's suite with the players and, like, four Mahomes and his girlfriend. Like, they got, they got a pretty good thing going, right? I was listening to some of Kevin Clark's podcast with Schrager. And they were talking about, obviously, no team has right now a brighter future than the Chiefs, just based on they just extended their GM, their head coach, and their quarterback. They ha- their quarterback happens to be the best quarterback. Schrager is a big Niner guy, and he's like, listen, I, I think the Niners' ceiling is huge. The- just the major difference is, like, one team has Mahomes, and the other team has a guy that's pretty damn good, but there's a- there is a wide gap between Mahomes and kind of everyone else, let alone Jimmy Garoppolo, 
So, uh, yeah, I don't really know necessarily where I'm going with that, but it just, it's got to feel good to have life is good, is what you're saying. (laughs) It's like it early on, once they realized like they won that first title with Phil Jackson and then Scotty had become a star, even though he was an angry little man, Jerry Krause had to think to himself, like, I got a pretty fucking good deal going right now. I got Michael Jordan the, as my star player. The Chiefs, if you're if you're Lamar Hunt, it's like you have three daughters and all of them get engaged. It's like Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, Brett Veach, <laughs> the whole franchise. Why well, I, I I think one major difference is, and I, Schrager mentioned this, the Niners have never uh, under Jed and definitely under Eddie have never pinched pennies. They've always made a lot of money. Well, Eddie had a lot of money. I, the, I, I wasn't covering the NFL or around the NFL like we are now in the sense of the money was clearly a lot different right in the 80s and 90s. Like for owners to spend, it was a lot of kind of spending their own money. Now they were making money off the team, but it's dramatically different these last couple of decades, wouldn't you say, under the, with the internet? It was much yeah. more based on ticket attendance and just local type shit where now it's just such big business. The Hunt family historically always viewed as a little cheap. Like, just look at Jed the last, like, decade. When he had a breakup with Harbaugh, it wasn't really about money, right? It was more about personality. Because remember, when we started going to practice, it was like, you know they have the highest-paid coaching staff in the league? Right. That was part <laughs> of Jim's that deal. A, yeah, so it was just... The Niners, and the one thing, if you're... Like, they always spend money. Like, it was a big deal for the Chiefs to do all this shit, right? Not necessarily Andy... But, like, Veach was one of the lowest-paid GMs in the league. Actually, he might have been the lowest-paid GM in the league. So, I mean, just obviously the Mahomes contract, it, it seemed like a no-brainer. But that's I mean, that's a lot of money, guy. I mean, we're watch, I'm watching the Rockets and Russell Westbrook and Harden, and I, I just keep – like, when I talk about them, I'm going to talk about them with their money because they have to be viewed as – their two contracts combined $461 million. Like, it – they are a money. Like LeBron James' contract's kind of irrelevant because every year he wins. Like those guys don't win and they make that much money. Like that's not a good investment, right? Like part of forever, Eli made a lot of money. Peyton made a lot of money. Those guys always won, especially Peyton and Roethlisberger. Like they always return on their investment. You were you, paying you for past this- performance and for future performance. Yeah, it's a These double. These guys, way. I don't know what you're, you don't know if you're paying for either. No. So, but that's a good thing with like in football, you feel pretty good about the Chiefs, all the Chiefs payments. And the, the Niners would love to have find their Patrick Mahomes, but we'll see if Jimmy can just be there. Don't say I don't even know who. Don't say <laughs> They're, They're just good starting court. They're good starting They're Jeff Garcia? Yeah, better version of that, probably. Yeah. Um, well, we were, we were talking a little bit about. And I think one thing, a lot of people have really, I, I haven't seen the latest Hard Knocks. People have really shit on it. Did you watch it? Yeah, I've been watching it. Oh, did you watch f- episode four? Week? No, I have not seen episode four. See, I think that's a good example. There's not much, like, what was the urgency this week to watch it? Like, I didn't, it didn't matter. There weren't any games or nothing crazy happened. I do think that the, and, and we talked about before, and you brought up, like, just preseason games, whether they suck or not, just seeing, like, oh, it's uh, Raiders-Cowboys is on Thursday. Oh, Niners-Packers is on tonight. Even if yes. Rodgers is in sweats, what happens? Hey, uh, coming up next, we'll, we'll, be on, we'll talk to Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. And, he'll, and he's usually pretty happy. Even right? easier it's one, just, John. Third quarter, Jordan Love's going to get two drives. Sh- shit like that. Exactly. 100%. So 
that is just, there is a huge out of sight, out of mind with that inventory of just games. Because think about it. Every team in the league plays four preseason games. And two of them play that fifth. That, that's a lot of just, that's a lot of content. Yep. Even if a lot Promotional, of Promotional, national TV, major yeah. talking point. Like, here's Tom Brady throwing seven passes and then being done for the day. That's a big deal. And then I think you double down. That leads into all of a sudden, usually there are three or four games. Remember last year, what was the buildup for a month? Auburn, Oregon. You know, you know whatever the three or four massive games are, are just Alabama, on TV. Yeah, Alabama SC. Yeah. Was that supposed to be this year? Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that, that to me kind of kicks off, we're, we're going. Because they, they do a good job. They just don't – there is no college preseason, so this kind of acts as just kind of their kickoff, which is cool. They deserve to have their own little weekend. And while that's going on, the 53-man cuts are going on. It's just all – there's a lot going on where I think the 53-man cuts are going to go on, and a lot of fans are going to be like, I don't even know who these guys are. I don't know are. who the guy is. Exactly. There's no buildup. There's no establishing of the – everyone knows who the superstars are, but what about your BCDE kind of characters in the play – Preseason serves to all of a sudden. There's some guy named Austin Eckler who just had a big pre. Like, look at this highlight. That's the highlight that's all over Twitter. And people go, "Who the fuck?" You remember? Is this guy? I mean, as cheesy as this sounds, Jared Hain was one of the Jared Hain stories. <laughs> the Aussie muffed it. <laughs> Huge story though. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's a good call. Tapping into the Australian market, John. Do you, do you think once the games are on, it'll feel big, or still just? Yeah, I Corona, think people, it's just um, little weird shit's going on. In no, America, I think it'll feel big, but I do think it'll be a little weird at first. Like, we just Especially go zero to stadiums. 60 with these NFL games. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's definitely going to be zero to 60. Now, we do have other sports, you know, so um, maybe that helps. But we, we have been going back and forth on this. Our our my bookie game, you, you got a bunch of DMs. I got a bunch of stuff from people. I tweeted the other day, well, let's reset this. So, mybookie.ag promo code ham1. Yes. Next week on mybookie.ag, when you sign up with the promo code HAM1, really not just next week, anytime, they'll you match right your now. first deposit dollar for dollar. If you do accept that bonus, you got to bet that bonus. But you can go do that right now. I've been looking at games so much, i got to be fully candid. I put $100 on Justin Thomas as well to win it. At, at basically five, five and a half to one to win. Well, you just so want I, I, Wow. Pretty good Mine, value. He's only 30, two back. 30. I just I, I just kept seeing numbers and lines, and I just went to Vegas. I kind of got the itch, and it's like you know, football's back. And yeah, I just I just threw a hundred on it. Okay, that's just, not nothing. Ooh. I like it. Yeah, just feeling a little hot, you know. Matsuyama, uh, I mean uh, John Rom came through for you last week. So I, I think last year Rory won, for example, and he was four back when it started in one by, or okay. six back and one by four. So it just you don't need to be in the lead to win it. So when you go to mybookie.ig promo code ham1, you bet you gamble with us. When you bet, you win, you get paid. We decided, Middlecoff's idea, great idea. Let's try and do our own survivor week season. See, we're gonna put in money at the beginning, five hundred bucks. We'll bet it all on week one. We better win, and hopefully we can roll it over to week two. And we'll just we can bet the same team, no rules, but we're gonna bet one game a week. And so we talked about we this can on go the last spread, podcast. we can go money line, we can do whatever we want. But we're just gonna do one bet. Yep. So this week, well, next week, we're going to go $500 on a game. The two of us are combining for one bet. And last podcast we started, we were talking about, do we want to bet the Raider game? They're minus two and a half against Carolina. Then the more we looked at it, we kind of settled. We're not done. This isn't official. On the Steeler game, the Steelers are at the Giants. 
And they are – oh, actually, I'm looking at week two right now. Where'd my week one go? What does that line The latest right I saw was four and a half. Four it and a half. four the last time we talked. So it's gone up a half a point. We moved the line. Um, well, we haven't put our money down yet. No, but oh, just we moved discussion. the line talking about it. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, uh, but I've, got, I've already been thinking, like, should we – and you've said this, and I think you're right. you got to be very careful just at any moment – what if all of a sudden, like, Roethlisberger tests positive on Wednesday, and it's like, oh, I don't like that bet as much. But I think that line's got, like, six potential as we go throughout the week, and people really start looking at these lines. Because there are a lot of people betting, probably Sharps, too, that are waiting. Yeah. I, and I think Pittsburgh is a team that they went 8-8. Eight and eight. I, I If you told me that when that game kicks off, that number's at six, I believe you. It, it ain't going the other way, Which would right? be problematic for us, right? Yeah, that's why I'm saying if we are going to bet this, we should probably do it in the next 48 hours. Gosh, that's terrifying, right? If the next thing you know, it's just there's a Mexican pizza injury with with Roethlisberger, and uh, he get, the roof of his mouth gets cut by a jagged edge fried Mexican pizza. It's yeah, terrifying. I, mean, I, I I I don't see many other games that I really enjoy. So you know, let me read you some of the replies I got when I threw this out on Twitter. You can tell me some of the DMs. Um, ben said Steelers minus four. Well, like we said, it's changed. I got a couple people saying you got to go with the Raiders. Uh, Jordan says Miami plus six and a half versus the Pats. No, thank you. I don't know how you feel about that. No fucking chance. Manuel said, "Who's playing the Jets?" Which is a- I, I saw. The, I, I was reading your responses when you tweeted that out. That's another game I have circled. We, but we know who's playing the Jets. It's the Bills. And I, I think we go back to your EPL philosophy, coming off Corona, you, you bet against bad teams, which is our philosophy, right? We're picking, that's why we like the Raiders against Carolina, we think Carolina's going to stink. It's why the Jets are intriguing to me, I don't think they're going to be that good. It's why the Giants are intriguing to me, I don't think they're going to be that good. The difference I see in, in the line is, the Bills are still relatively unproven, and that line is basically almost a touchdown, six and a half. Like that's, now, they got some sweet... Videos on Twitter of Josh Allen throwing bombs to Stephon Diggs. Their defense is going to be really good. The the home field, right, normal year, that'd be a pretty big, wouldn't you say, week one, Buffalo, they're going to view themselves yes. as a Super Bowl contender. That place would be nuts. I would like the Bills a lot. <laughs> uh, I And I still don't hate that. Like, that's I got one. I'm not that's, over that's not that. not a bad that's, one. By the, the way. Six and a half goes against the EPL philosophy that I do think has a lot of merit. Like, that's, that's a lot of points. By the way, Pegula Terry, is that his name, the owner? Terry, yeah. His daughter is in the U.S. Open. I watched her the other day. I'm just watching some tennis. Alyssa loves tennis. We're watching tennis. Pegula is the name, and I don't really think much of it. Then they're like, oh, this is the daughter of the Bills owner. And then they say she grew up pretty well off. He owns not (laughs) one, but two teams. He owns the Buffalo Sabres, too. I think well off is an understatement. Is Um, she good? She win? Yeah, she won. I got a DM on Instagram from Mark McLaughlin. He said, hey, love the pod with you and Middlecoff. I heard you guys talking about EPL goal spreads. A two-and-a-half goal spread is huge, even for the top teams against bottom feeders. If that's an NFL line, I'm saying that's a touchdown spread. Saying that, I like the uh, Steelers week one. Um, Let's see, what else did I get here? Steelers, Cardinals beat the Niners. Oh, how about uh, uh, Genovevo? Genovevo, that's a good name. I can't say it right. Uh, Says... Philly over the Washington football team. What's the line on that game right now? Let me check. Eagles, Haskins. Where is this game? I'm scrolling through. I got Jets. 
I think it's off the board. It's Carson Wentz hasn't practiced. Oh. I do not see it right now on the board. I don't see it either. Here's the other thing, by the way. You can read some of your DMs to me now, but... Because you'd agree, beauty. if Carson's out of that, that'd be a way... I, I, well, I kind of like the Redskins. Bears. Dallas minus two and a half. They ran for 263 yards against the Rams last season. I see no reason that won't repeat. That's what Bob said. Maybe I'm biased, and I, I'm not Ravens over that Browns. into this game, but I, I mentioned it last time. I, I do the Bears at the Lions getting three points. I gut feeling Foles, their quarterback. You like the Bears. Bears, Bears money here's, line, plus here, 135. Here's the other thing. Now, we don't want to make... Lions did just draft three overall, guy. That's true. I don't want to make decisions based on this, but one thing that is good for Steelers-Giants, if we bet that game, it's Monday Night Football. So everyone will get to watch it with us, and we'll get to wait until the last possible minute to feel the burn. Yeah. I, I That does have a little bit of a feel of, like, too obvious already. Ah! We have to win week one. Anything yeah, else? Just, and what did people DM you? Any games people DM you that? Yeah, I mean, it's just I think a lot of people are struggling. It's hard. This is probably the toughest week to bet in the history of football. How about preseason? We, John, we keep going back to this game. De- Tennessee, not just some fucking courtesy playoff team last year, is yeah, getting one and a half at Denver. Pat Shermer, like people, uh, I mean, like I, Drew Locke, I like. They got a lot of weapons. Are people just a little too high on Denver right now? Like they love Tennessee loves to play in the kind of game Vic Fangio wants to play in. Just thinking out loud. Yeah, to me, those both those two teams are kind of good. I I don't. I'd like to get a bad team. I, I just I want to bet against a team that we think is bad. Now we might end up being wrong, but I I think the philosophy is like I think this team's gonna be bad. Yeah. That's why I think it's like the Giants, the Jags, the Bengals, uh, the Lions, the teams that we think are going to be bad. The Jets, probably up for debate, but we got to pick a bad team and bet against it. I think that's the safest philosophy. The Bills, I don't mind. The Pittsburgh, I still really like. Chargers, minus three. And uh, I don't know. Like I like the Chargers, but I don't. How much can I trust them? I don't, at this tr- point? I don't trust them at all. That's why I, I'll lock in the Steelers bet right now, if you will. I don't we see can, anything can, else I'm going to like. The only reason not to do it is fear that somebody gets hurt. But I don't see anything else that I'm going to. Nothing's going to change. Like what's changing? Nothing. Ron although, Spurring although <laughs> New England minus six. No, I don't like that one. Never mind. I don't like that at all. New England at where's the game? New England. No fans. If that if that line was like three, I'd be all over New England. I think Belichick comes out screaming, guy. Yeah. So let's mybookie.ag promo code ham one. Just I, I I'm leading Steelers. He, he, I'm in. Yeah, we can lock it in. in Let's lock it in. You want to lock it in? Let's lock it in and Uh, pray that pray that John. We're talking about more than a week. This game is more than a week away. Sometimes you just got. Is it that big a big a deal if the line goes from four and a half to five? Yeah, because if you win, I mean twenty five twenty, it's cover. Well, I know. (laughs) 
Could it go? Is there any reason it could you, go you the see, other way? Do you see any scenario it goes the other way? I, I see no possible way. I right? mean, yeah, an injury. But it would be an injury to Roethlisberger. Yeah, or Juju maybe. But he ain't moving the line. You good? Yeah. I placed the bet. Here's the problem. $500 wins us 450 Well, I mean, yeah, we can't. I mean, we're just trying to survive till next week. Yeah. All right, lock it in. Is it in? Uh, Typing it in right now. Is it in? $500. Is it in yet? Place bet. Is it in? Confirm. Confirm. Uh, uh, I have to look. Amount is succeeded for the limit for this game. We can, I can only bet $250. What? I'm going to have to call my bookie. All right. Don't you know who I am? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't usually place $500 bets on games. Yeah, they probably, they probably a little red flag just went up. I feel like I have before, but that's a little weird. Yeah, I, we'll we'll get that rectified. Anyway, mybookie.ag, the only sports book that loves the NBA as much as you do. Over 150 bets uh, that you can choose from. Uh, so many options. Some really now we're getting into like NBA playoffs. Same will apply for what we'll tell you about in a little bit. But I think now's the time to start thinking about those uh, NFL future bets too, right? Yep. Promo so, code Ham One. Promo code Ham One. Go get it. Roadblocks to the 49ers winning the NFC West. Again, one for each team. Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals. How could each of those teams stop the 49ers on their quest to defend the West? Um, let's start with the well, – who should we start? Let's start with the Seahawks just because it's always about the Seahawks, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Russell's an obvious one. The guy's just uh, a terror, but that's not new. I think um, he's terrorized the Niners really since he's become a really good player. Yeah. It feels yeah. like. I mean, yeah. But now, and then since he became the central part of that team, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and we saw two fantastic games between the two teams last year. What is one thing the 49ers have? Well, I guess the Seahawks have an elite defender in Bobby Wagner, right? Jadavian was a motherfucker last year. At this point, he's not back with anybody. <laughs> kind of, I do think when they got Jadavian Clowney, I think it was during training camp when they made the trade last year. Remember, it was crazy because it turned out all they had to give up were two special teams players, and the Texans ate half his, his uh, fifth-year option. It was, a, it was one of those that Bill O'Brien took a lot of slack for. Beside the Niner game on Monday Night Football, I would say as a whole his season was pretty underwhelming, given the name and what we thought they were getting. So they've kind of doubled down this year and got a guy that I think is much more accomplished and viewed around the league as a better player in Jamal Adams. And that clearly this offseason, I guess training camps had already started or were just about to start. When they made that trade, it was a jaw-dropping trade, right? Two first-rounders, a second-rounder. It was a big-time move. But this fucking guy's good, and he fits them. It's not inconceivable because they've had these guys before. Sherman became an all-pro defensive player of the year type candidate. What Cam Chancellor was against the Niners for years with Harbaugh was like their Achilles heel. And Earl was really their best player. Could could Jamal become some hybrid, obviously not of Richard, but of the two safeties? And the Niners' best player is George Kittle. What if he's able to neutralize Kittle in the two times they play him and just become the heart and soul of that team? And become like the defensive player of the year. Because wouldn't you say the last couple years, like, you know, every time I look up, Russell's doing everything he can to make plays. But beside Bobby Wagner, their defense has been kind of shitty. 
Now you add Bobby Wagner. They've drafted guys the last couple years, the Griffin brothers. And their defensive line, I mean, they've drafted a bunch of guys as defensive line. I don't know how good they are. This year they drafted uh, in the first round the linebacker from Texas Tech. What if Jamal is just defensive player of the year, 2020 Jamal Adams, and yeah. they win the division? Because their offense is already good, and he just makes their defense not what LOB was, but like, you know, a t- fringe top 10 defense. Right, right. I, I mean, I'd put that at the top. Like, maybe the other thing would be, does DK Metcalf become just like a true number one, just unguardable, you've got to just, all your attention has to be on him, which makes it hard because right now all your attention's on Russell. And they do run the ball, and Chris Carson has run the ball well. Like maybe DK becoming just a true number one receiver this year would have a major impact on just how hard it is to defend them. I mean, Marshawn back, or was that just a, that was a one-off? <laughs> Marshawn? He's now back. <laughs> Could be. But doesn't that seem like a Gordon lifetime is. ago? Guy, he played in the playoff game. I know. He played against the Niners. It's crazy. So to me, to me, to me, they would be the team. If you told me the Niners did not win, if you had to pick a team, not the Niners to win the NFC West, they would be my first pick. Just the most likely, like if you told me Jamal Adams, an all pro defensive player of the year candidate and changed their defense. Like to me, that's, that's more, that's not even just believable. It's kind of like probable. Right. And, and you would say, DK, I expect him to have a huge impact. Does DK become Julio Jones? I don't think we're saying that, but what if he just becomes, you know, yeah, just clear their offense one. becomes much more well-rounded. So that's see that's one to your point. We just listed two realistic things as things yeah. that could lead to them winning the division. That's why they should be number one. I mean, guy, yeah, they were six inches away without. I mean, DK was just scratching the surface, and Jamal wasn't there. Right, right, yeah. Dan Buns, aka Dre Greenloss, or they win the division. Right. One of the greatest. So, I mean, we forget because, again, so much has happened since. But that is one of the crazier I remember last three or four minutes of an NFL football game, given what was on the line week 17. Is you'll, even if you're not a Niner Seahawk guy, which we consume that division the most, everyone had to be on the edge of there. I mean, that my heart I, I was I, wasn't sit, I was not sitting down. <laughs> I remember where I was. I was in a hotel room in Eugene. I could not sit down. Uh, it was wild. It was insane. It was a you know it was a national TV game. Was the other part just it was big anyway, but then it felt triply big because that was Sunday night football, right? You remember the Niners were yeah, it was, Niners were kicking their ass, and they came storming back, and then it was just I'm gonna have to rewatch that game this weekend to get my juices full. It's a good watch. I watched it on YouTube the other night because I started the Super Bowl and I was like, oh, I watched <laughs> something else. Um, okay, so Seahawks were Niners were thirteen and three last year. Seahawks won eleven and five. The third place team in the West, nine and seven. The Rams been to the Super Bowl, watching them on hard knocks. Gotta tell you, golf's got I love the golf swag, you know, limited, but they got maybe the best player in the league, let alone in the division. I mean, Russ and Aaron Donald, right? If we don't correct for quarterback, maybe Aaron. Guy looks like a freak show. Um, the one thing with them, again, is they're just they have they have the best corner in the league. They have Jalen. They're thin, right? Unlike yeah. Aaron Donald or Sean McVay's biceps, they're thin. But what would it take for you, number one thing for the Rams, to win the division? I, t- to me, the guy I thought lost his, lost his swag last year, and this is part of just winning and losing, was Sean McVay. I mean, he, Sean McVay wasn't just viewed as a good coach the last the first couple of years he was in L.A., right? He was viewed as the star of the league. If you went poster childs of the league, I'd say 17 and 18, there'd be several players I, I'd put Sean right. I mean, guy, the hype he got, the amount of guys he got 
hired, the interviews he did. I mean, he got put on a pedestal fast, and he deserved it. He took a franchise that was a fucking joke, took them two years, they were in the Super Bowl. The first year they won the division and were hosting a playoff game, remember the Falcons got them. To me, can he get, last year their defense was a shell of itself. He fired Wade Phillips. Like he, he kind of, he kind of made his first like I'm in charge, kind of moves. Because it wasn't just you know he, he fired this random defensive coordinator that he inherited. No, he got Wade Phillips was a massive hire. Wouldn't you say when Sean McVay got the job? Because most people that had never really heard of Sean McVay was like, wait, a 32 year old's going to become a head coach in the NFL? Right. It was not just that Wade's an established defensive coordinator. It was that. It's like, well, at least we'll have an older guy around. Maybe Sean never looked at it that way, right? Odds are he never oh. looked at it like that. Oh, good thing I've got Wade here in case I get into a pinch. So to me, probably can never he thought, it, like, Wade, I need you. Yeah. Never said that to me, once. Can he, get his, can he go at his swag back? And it's just the play calling, just that team was really good. Remember two years ago, it was like, did they start 10 and 0? Maybe it was 9 and 0. They were that, that year they went to the Super Bowl. Remember, they stumbled down at the end of the year. They lost a couple games down the stretch. I think they went 13 and 3. I mean, they were really, really good. And he he got the majority of the credit. And rightfully so. I just if Sean McVay becomes what's a quote unquote star head coach again, where you just I watched him play his team play last year, and unlike Kyle where he has the staple of the zone running game, Kyle's always doing just crazy things, right? Just with, like, throwbacks and just plays that you don't see coming. I, some, I thought McVay got a little predictable, and a guy that works that hard is viewed as this intelligent of a guy. Does, did he go into the lab, the Corona lab, for the last six months and just have some curveballs? I, I, I'm fascinated to see, guy. So it's a combo then, right? Because it's part of it is, like, is his defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, do we look at it and go, wow, ballsy pick, ballsy move, that one panned out. And I do think, again, I, they just, I don't think they got a lot of room for error from an injury standpoint. And the other part of it is just play calling. Yeah, I mean, look, it's crazy, right? They could have a Go- dominant offense if they can protect Goff. Goff led the league in pass attempts last year, and he was top five, I think, in yards. He was over 4,600 yards passing. He almost matched his passing total in terms of yardage from the year before, but he threw way more picks. He threw fewer touchdowns. I mean, for me, I got I got to go directly to Jared. Now, maybe him and McVay can't be separated, which is probably true, right? But 32 touchdowns, 12 picks. That was Goff's year in 2018. He threw 16 interceptions and 22 touchdowns last year. So I think there's a big part of this is like, is he going to grow into the guy that kind of we thought he was going to be after 17 and definitely after 18? Or... Is it just going to be a little bit of inconsistency where you're always looking at McVay to bail the team out? Can he make a play? Can he make plays? Now, like you said, he's not super mobile, so this offensive line's got to hold up. Andrew Whitworth and his hard knocks we've been watching, his stiff knees, have got to hold up. A little tight. In a division where they can get after the quarterback. Yeah. So, And for as much shit as everyone talked about Todd, I think 14 touchdowns, right? Now, a lot of those were goal line touchdowns, but he was not... It wasn't like he had one touchdown last season. He right. did give them – you do the math. Like, that's a lot of points throughout a season that can they replace that. And you'd say, well, if you look at Kyle Shanahan, if you look at LaFleur when he went to Green Bay, you should be able in this that style of offense, you can manipulate the running back position, right? It's set up for having a random guy you've never heard of. They just drafted Akers, the kid from Florida State that was a huge recruit in the second round. You know, can he be a really good player for him? He better be, right? Because I would say 
Wouldn't you be shocked if Kyle Shanahan ever drafts second round running back? Yes. So you're going to do that. That's Unle- a pretty unless, bold move. Yeah, unless there's a guy who's it, just an elite. Not pass out of the realm possibility, right? Yeah, not out of the realm possibility. Some Joe Mixon type, but I would guess more third be fourth would be that would be kind of their threshold. I think he'd rather, and we're seeing the way this team is getting. But he'd rather be. He's going to need to be taking corners and linebackers, right? And defensive linemen. That's I think he's guard. I, I think Kyle fundamentally would be more likely to go running back on the third day of the draft. The, the more I think about rounds. it, the, the less I think they just because as they get more expensive, they're just going to need stuff everywhere. He'll know that I can find guys for cheap later. I could make them. So w- when you invest that second round pick, this guy better be borderline thousand yard rusher. I mean, that's you, you, that's a pretty high pick, guy. Yeah. Second round running backs are like Shady McCoy, or. You know, uh, Nick Chubb. Like, you expect really good players to come out of the second round. J.K. Dobbins was just drafting the second round. Next up, the Cardinals, John. We're going to talk about um, breakout players, breakout candidates. I had Kyler in my breakout candidates. We moved him out of that because we're going to talk about him um, in terms of what it would take for the Cardinals to beat out the Niners for the division. If Kyler's an MVP, I mean, you look back at his rookie year last year, John, 20 touchdowns, 12 picks. 64% 64% completion against the Niners. He was basically a 71% passer, maybe a little better than 71%. Four touchdowns, no picks. Um, and he was a threat running the football, too. So One of them was a Thursday night game, remember, too. So it was like, oh, short. That was not an easy. It was home game for him, but it was short week. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm looking at his, his rushing numbers. How many yards did he rush for total? Uh, five yep. for 34 and eight for 67. How, but, I mean, how many on the season? Oh, I'm did, sorry. 544 yards at over five and a half yards per carry. I don't, Four rushing touchdowns. I don't think this is going to happen. Four rushing touchdowns. But I, don't th- I don't think it's inconceivable that Kyler Murray is in the M- – if the Cardinals are good, he's in the MVP discussion. Now, I'm not a huge fan of their coach. Not that he – I think he's a good guy. I just think he's pretty overrated. He never won at Texas Tech. It is not the SEC. It's not the Big Ten. It's a conference where if you're a good coach, look at Matt Campbell as a great example. If you're a high-level coach, you win in that conference. Because beside Oklahoma, you would say basically every week is winnable if you're a really good coach. Right? I, 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 Iowa State, you'd say Texas Tech was way better than Iowa State when Leach was there than Iowa State was, and he did not win at Texas Tech. And Mike Leach did. And I'm not saying win. I'm not saying national champion. I'm just saying a nine-win season. He never won more than seven games. And his teams don't play defense. And he had great quarterbacks. But the NFL is a little different, less possessions, right? It's not – it doesn't turn into this breakneck game like often in the Big 12 it does. So you can slow it down a little bit in the sense of your drives take a little longer. And he's not Chip Kelly. But if this guy can just take over, like I think it's less about the head coach if they are good, and I don't necessarily think they're going to be. But I, I do. You'd have to be blind to not to see this guy has immense talent, right? The quarterback, like he's to me, Lamar's a better pure runner, but I don't think it's that far off. And this guy is a way superior passer at the same age. You think we know a lot quicker about what we think about him than about Baker, right? Yes. I think if you told every team in the league right now you want Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray, I I, I don't know if it'd be 32 nothing, but I think it'd be overwhelmingly Kyler Murray, right? Yeah. I agree. Relative to Baker. And it might have been that way anyway. Like, if you had said that how many teams had him as the number one quarterback on the draft board 
Baker's year. Now, Baker's year was hard because it was a more competitive quarterback class, right? Because it had Darnold in it, too. And Josh and Allen. And Josh Allen. Yeah. And Josh Rosen. And Lamar, it turned out. Um, plus, he's got DeAndre Hopkins, John. Yeah. He's added DeAndre Hopkins. And Christian Kirk, who they liked a lot. Christian Kirk. Isabella. Yeah, I mean, they got... Danny. Offensively, they, they should throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that being a big guy of draft Twitter. It's a great, I know, dude, but yeah. He made a play last year against the Niners, remember? I do. He made a play remember? early in the year. I think people were like, okay, this guy is not just like a preseason guy yeah. kind that everyone's hot on. Now, so, one thing that helps, like Lamar, for example, right, is their... Harbaugh is not like we only pass. Hell, they only run. But they they want to they want to be balanced. I do think, and you were mentioning this about and who's Cliff Kingsbury's like college football mentor is Mike Leach. Isn't that where he got to start playing for Mike Leach at Texas Tech? Isn't that Kingsbury? What, they fundamentally don't really believe in the running back. Well, I, yeah, I mean there are definitely air raid guys that like Graham Harrell is an air raid guy, but he believes in the running back a whole lot more than. Leach Link, Lincoln's an air raid guy. He believes in the running back. So, you know, I, I I would say Cliff's history would be closer to Leach than it would be like Lincoln Riley. And just in terms of what they – Lincoln – when I think Lincoln Riley, I think running. He likes to run the ball as much as he likes passing it. Like Chip Kelly. not Some spread guy – like Chip Kelly was known for spread, speed. When I think Chip, I thought running. Like he wanted to run the ball. When I think Leach and I think Cliff, I think passing. Whether that's – that's just what comes to my mind, whether that's fair or not. Yeah, I mean, I'm, so I'm just looking like they were middle of the pack last year in terms of maybe probably a little below middle of the pack in, in carries. And they were only won five games, so that means they were down in a lot, right? Yeah. But, I mean, they were top. They, did, they ran for 19, almost 2,000 yards, John. I mean, they were that was that 10th, 11th, 1, 2, 3, 4. I don't know why every NFL stats page eliminates the rankings. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10th in rushing total yards. Well, I mean, their quarterback ran for 500, right? Right. So he that gives you – like a lot of teams' quarterback doesn't even run for 100. So that's that's a huge little four 500 boost. Yeah. Now, you could argue – I think Cliff would say, well, that's part of our running game, our quarterback. Yeah, and I, I'd be like, "Well, you're not wrong. He's a dynamic <laughs> runner." Yeah. How many of those are designed? How many of those are real options in the play? How many of those are him running for his life? Yeah. But which their offensive line's not great, so he's running for his life a lot. Here's what you know: like if you're going, well, I don't. The Cardinals aren't going to jump up and beat the Niners or take the Niners' spot. They might win one of the two head-to-head games because they almost did last year, right? Well, well, guy, it's we're ten days away. Here we go. Here we go. Like, we're not picking that game on our MyBookie challenge, right? No chance. Zero. Now, what's the spread on that game? Six? Seven. Okay. So that's part of it. Right. That's part of it. Why we're not touching that game. No. Exactly. Uh, John, let's tell the people about DraftKings. Our game, speaking of going big next week, this is the other thing we're doing. DraftKings, promo code HAM. People keep DMing me. People keep DMing you. Hey, I got another one the other day. I just signed up for DraftKings because I want to play with you guys. I can't wait for football. This is from Derek. Just DM me uh, yesterday. Derek said, uh, big fan of the pod. Just made this partially to reach out and get in the ham DraftKings league for football. Already added you as a friend there. I'm Derek B11. So when you get on your DraftKings, find Hey Behaves, find J Middle 75 friend us or request it, whatever, get in our league because the beauty now, John, this is going to be our third straight week, the golf, 
that's a league event. So people, I'm 104th. I don't, I haven't seen where you are, but there's a guy named Winners Win. He's finished in the top ten in in the last two weeks of our DraftKings. Uh, in terms of the league standings, which are separate from like the individual, he might be. There's two people. I gotta check big, out where my league standings are. Big China guy also has finished in the top ten twice. I don't know if that's EGG I, or not. I, I had this thought on a long walk last night. I I, I think next week we go 200 person, yep. 20 bucks. Week one, there's Safeway open. We're not going to play golf. We'll take a week off till the U.S. Open, and we just go football, football only. And one thing we've been discussing is probably not going to include the Thursday night game, which sucks because there are a lot of offensive guys in that game. But like, it's just part of it. You get 15 out of 16 games. It gives you more time. I, I just. What do you think? Plus, it's just I, I don't want to have to factor in the Thursday night game to, and all the way to Monday. I think we do Sunday and Monday because Monday night has two games. Yeah. Everyone's yep. watching Monday. I'm night. with it. I, I'm with you. Leave the Thursday game out. Yeah, just just watch it, enjoyment. If you want to gamble on it, but the Thursday night game, twenty people, or excuse me, two hundred people, twenty bucks. I've already in the back of my head just thought at least quarterback wise, just like a couple guys, a little golf strategy. Like who do I think people won't take that I'll take? That's and then it's like, is that the bad strategy? I've done that a little bit with my as of recording this with the tour championship, but it's it's hard it's with hard. thirty guys. Because yeah. like, then you're like, when you just say got Cam Smith, he's uh, great, but he's like yeah. ten strokes behind the leader. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would imagine like Cam Tony Finau, for example, when the tournament starts, going to be owned by like fifty percent of the field. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, is this the week that DJ gets owned by a lot of people? Because back to back weeks, he has not been highly owned. I would say. As of recording this on Thursday afternoon, I'd expect his ownership out of 100 people to be 20 or under because he's $15,000. Yeah. Well, are you going to take him? I don't know. I'm open to it. I have not made my lineup yet. I have, but I've changed it around. Like <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why I don't make it to the last minute because I just spend too much time. I can on confidently it. say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fuck with Bryson this week. I've, I've been a little I can I can say that as well. Sign up for DraftKings, the one day fantasy sports leader, celebrating the return by giving up to a hundred million dollars in prizes to all the customers, including one lucky winner who takes home a one million dollar cash prize. All you got to do when you download the app. Sign up and use the promo code HAM. You also can enter the DraftKings free survivor pool. I've done it. Hopefully, John, you've done it. And then get in the Haberman and Middlecoff DraftKings League. Come play with us. Promo code HAM. Download the app. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Uh, that said, can I read you a quick DM from Sean Matson on uh, yes. Twitter? I think he might have. When did he send this to me? Actually sent this to me as we're on the podcast, unbeknownst to him. He said, Guy, I've listened forever. Your podcast is just now. I'm listening to the podcast right now about you guys playing fantasy golf. I cannot understand the niche and how this is legit. Zero people I've ever talked to want to hear about someone else's fantasy golf team. I'm legit confused, and I legit like you guys, but I can't listen to 45 straight minutes of how a random golfer did. I just don't get it, and I'm about to be out. Not that it means much. I still look forward to your podcast, Barry, dude, I need some sports talk. Not your personal golf round. Uh, sports are happening. You're talking about DJ's first round of the game golf tournament. Damn. <laughs> you know, where this guy's, you have to get involved in the league and then you'll understand because we've got nonstop people that did not watch that it's exhilarating. I, I, I can't explain it to you until you try it, right? It's just one of those things. You do it, you'll like it. It's just like, 
I'm, I'm trying to think of something niche that if you try, you'll like. I don't know, like a. I, I've never got one of these, but like a guy that tell you like get a pedicure or something. Oh and that's yeah, kind of you know, or massage or mm. I, uh, you know, I, I don't even. I'm trying to think. Get a. You know, clothing tailored, do you? You just never go back. There's certain things in yeah. life that you always hear about, then you do it, then you're like, oh my God, and then you never do it again, or you never not do it again. It's just one of those things. Play, play a week of fantasy golf and tell me if you're interested in what D- D- uh, Dustin Johnson's doing. I'll tell you the one, one, Manscaped, you know, once you go Manscaped, you don't go back. They're not even a sponsor. That's a good one, Manscaped week. promo code ham. Play, play, like, um, I'll give you a good example. Something that's. Once you, you spend know, money on sheets, that might be one. How about this Underwear? guy? You like sports a lot. I like sports a lot. Made a living out of it. The first time you ever put, even if it's just 20 bucks on a game, 10 bucks on a game, do you watch that game the same as you would without it? Yeah, no. Wouldn't you say gambling is something that you hear a lot of people talk about, and then all of a sudden you do it, and you're like, wow, that is pretty exhilarating. Because especially for me and you, and I think a lot of people, the older you get, you're just diehard fandom. Just changes as you get older. You get kids. You just get a life, you know, just priorities change. You still love it. I mean, I'm still locked in. Put a little cash on a game and tell me if you watch it quite the same, especially a game that you don't have a horse in the race. Like, I almost put $100 last night on the Rockets. I'm glad I didn't <laughs> on just to cover the five points because then it was a tie game on the stretch. I'm like, of course they weren't going to cover. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's an exhilarating feeling. Yep. The first time you ever gamble. So if you're listening to this right now, you got your phone, tweet at... London Bob Z. London Bob Z. Okay? That's Sean. He just said, believe me, I've come close to joining. Because I, I said, if you've played with us, you'd understand. Stop bitching. London Bob Z. Tell London Bob Z. You're either all in or you're all out. Yeah. He's going to hate that we started this podcast talking about Taco Bell. Well, that's why when I see, I've listened to a couple podcast guys that are doing like fantasy rankings, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't even relate to that. I don't give a shit who your tight end three is or whatever. I'm not drafting the guy for. I've you. listened to multiple I'd, podcasts that are fantasy drafts. Like, all right, we're on to round three. I'm like, what am I listening to? I know it's like I, I don't. Care. I got David Montgomery. You know where would you rank so and so running back? Well, I, for me as a daily fantasy guy, I change week to week. So if Saquon Barkley is the best running back in the country or in the league. If he breaks his ankle week two, I don't give a shit. I'm not tied to the guy. Also, it's a podcast. I, guy, I, do not, I do not understand how people play the full year. Just fast forward. I don't get it. It's, it's a podcast. Just fast forward. It's the beauty yeah. of a podcast. Time. This is the beauty, the difference between podcast and radio. Time doesn't exist in a podcast. I told this to Steve Berman when I talked to him about podcasting several months ago in The Athletic, Barry a sports guy. He's like, what's the difference? What's one of the big differences? I said, in radio, the consumer does not control the time. In podcasting, it's like you can time travel. As the consumer, you are in total control of what you listen to. So we appreciate you which, listening. Wh- wh- by the way, which one's dying and which one's growing? I, uh, Yeah, I mean... <laughs> is this a rhetorical yeah. question? Yeah, there's there's a reason why one's working and the other one's not. I mean, just... I well, I know as a consumer, like, I skip shit all the time. Like, I'll listen to something I don't want to hear, I'll just skip to the John, next, I was in like, the car the other day, I'm like... Five minutes? Without my earbuds, and I'm like, oh, radio, commercial, 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 commercial. At least our commercials are entertaining. All right, our commercials are content. That's how we look at it. Fuck yeah. All right, John, breakout candidates for the NFL. We've got four names here. 
And uh, we'll just talk about legit breakout candidate or hot name. Who do we like? Here's a guy we've talked about forever. I love this as a breakout candidate. Uh, candidate, Sam Darnold. Year three, the first two years have been a lot of everybody saying, you just, Sam Darnold's about to be a superstar, man. That's what everything coming out of college was. I watched his whole college career. You watched his whole college career. Both of us understood why he was a major prospect. I do remember, though, just thinking in the back of my head, I never felt like it. It wasn't like Rosen that never got put together, but it never quite all came together uh, in terms of like the big, big, big moments. Maybe I'm being too harsh. What do you think? Well, before we get to his NFL career, remember he has the great first season. They get to a Rose Bowl. They win the Rose Bowl. They beat Penn they beat State, P- right? They beat Penn State. He comes back with a ton of hype, well-deserved. And remember, there was talk, like, if they had started him earlier, maybe they would have been in the playoffs. Like, he had that big of an impact year one. And they were the hottest team in the country. That second year had some Jameis Winston junior season vibes to it. Remember, turning the ball over a little bit too much, doing, doing a lot. He was a polarizing player, I think, coming in the draft. Though, he was like a, viewed as a lock top five. And I'll never forget at his pro day, John Dorsey, Jimmy Haslam. is like, he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. And then all of a sudden, the draft happens, and it's Baker Mayfield. We'll get into him a little later. Sam Darnold, you look at his first two years, shitty team, terrible skill guys, a GM that's already fired, a coach that I think most people view as a weirdo. And when it comes to offense, he was once upon a time viewed as like a McVay-Shanahan Safe to say that's a little out of the window. His biggest offensive skill addition was Le'Veon Bell, and it feels like Le'Veon Bell now stinks. So you look around, they draft, you know, the freak from Louisville, I think Becton in the first round, who's like a dancing bear. But so he protects them and their offensive line's better. But who's he who's he throwing well, to? They, Robbie they Anderson's took, gone. Then they took Denzel Mims in the second round, the wide receiver. So they, they're just well they, so you're telling me there's a lot of pressure on a first round guy. I look at his numbers through two years. Now, remember, he missed some games with Mono last year, and they went, I think, like 7-2 and two or something down once he got back. But if you, I think if you break down the teams he beat, wasn't as impressive as you think. He's 36-28, and 28, so a little bit better than a 1-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio in his career. The number that I see that's pretty terrible, though, guys, he's under 60%. In a league that, even if you're just kind of a guy, it's pretty easy. Like, back in the day when we were kids... Like sixty percent was like the the like the mark. Now sixty percent, I'd say the new. They say you know sixty is the new fifty. Wouldn't you say like sixty five is the new sixty almost sixty four in the in the NFL? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd say in the fifties is atrocious. To me, like you need a if it's if it's under sixty three is what it really gets my attention. I'd say I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm being too generous though. So I, I'd say right now, it hasn't been good. But I follow him on Instagram. I follow Jordan Palmer on Instagram. They've been putting in work this summer. To me, if he's got to stay healthy, when I mean no mono, no no corona, and I, I think he could just turn the corner as just where you go, yeah, this guy can really be something. I'm not expecting this guy. I think it would be very difficult. He could have a breakout season without being a pro bowler. I think when we'll look at other guys like that, to me, a break, like you become, it's going to be difficult for Sam to become a pro bowler, right? This year, yeah, but I don't. Yeah, but like you said, we're not asking for that just because it's been the first two years have been so weird. Some of it not his fault. 
Um, a lot of it not his fault, but they're just what it has done is it has left the big question mark hanging over. Like, is this just the way it's always going to be? You keep trying to put it all together, or is it going to get put together to some degree that we feel better about it, justifying all the hype that we had coming out? Because I think a lot of it right now is it's like, oh, if, if you know what it looks like, you can see it. But it hasn't really shown up on paper yet, right? And I, to be fair, looking back at his sophomore year, the first year as a starter, I mean, they he beat UCLA was ranked to finish the year. Then he beat Notre Dame, and then they beat Penn State in a shootout. So, he, they they Do you have his college stats up right now? Uh, I did a second ago. I can pull them up though. Well, like his his following year. So that was his what redshirt sophomore year. Yeah, redshirt sophomore year. What his he came out as a redshirt sophomore, right? That was his redshirt freshman year. The year that he got thrown in for uh, Matt, uh, what was his name? The tall quarterback from Washington, Brown. Yeah. And so he kind of takes over for him like week three or four, and they start winning all those games, like you said. But then he, the next year, right, right, right. Yeah, he redshirted. Then he was, then he played that year, the year they lost Alabama week one, and then he comes. And then sophomore, he plays. So he underwhelming comes out exactly. So he was sixty-seven percent as a as a redshirt freshman, thirty-one touchdowns, nine picks. The next year was. 63%, 63%, 26 touchdowns, 13 picks. Yeah. I just remember watching him that year, some some bad picks in bad spots. I think he had a bad game. Was it against Cal? Remember he threw some picks? He had, remember, he had, remember he had 16, which was his redshirt freshman year. I mean, he had Juju, right? That was I think Juju caught like yeah, that helps. 70 <laughs> balls or something. Yeah, that, that helps. So I... I'm still a believer in this guy, though I understand the other side. Like I, I you can look straight. Like, is this guy a franchise quarterback? To me, he doesn't have. He, he's either going to break out this year. or He's not. Like to me, this is a huge year. I think no right. player has more just like kind of pressure on them to just show something. Like, are they in the point? If he doesn't break out this year, are they at the point where are they picking up his fifth year option? Yes. You know, I mean, a lot can happen fast. I would say yes. I would say I agree with everything you just said. I also think, given his stature, given how highly people do think of him, given how bad everything around him has been. High character guy. High character guy. You know, is the, I, I think this can be a make year. If it's the same year it was last year, that's not good, but I don't think it's a break either. I still think there will be a lot of people that believe in him. Yeah. You agree with that? I would tend to agree. The GM, though, did not draft him. It's true. So, you don't want to be in this position where you're talking about this after three years. Then it makes you yeah. – you're optimistic right now. I think we're optimistic about him. You do the same thing again, you're a lot less optimistic. You just you, you just start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. You go, new GM, coach likely to be gone. Like, they're just some moving parts, yeah. right? Yeah. Just some parts moving. Yep. Another breakout candidate, Baker Mayfield. I mean, we're not going with the under-the-radar guys here. Baker Mayfield, breakout candidate. Is this a breakout year – what, and, and I think part of the question when we talk about Baker is like, what does breakout even mean for Baker Mayfield, right? Last year, I think everybody thought – the way we talk about Kyler this year is the way everyone talked about Baker coming into last season, right? Like he's about – he was better than you think as a rookie, and he's about to put it together. And it went the other way. Yeah, I think he was atrocious last year. Besides like Mitch Trubisky, there might not have been a worse starting quarterback in the NFL. He threw 22 22- – Touchdown through 21 interceptions. I mean, I, I would say that was like the Baker version of Jameis. Like that's that's pretty atrocious, right? 21 interceptions. A team that had Jarvis Landry, a team that has Odell Beckham. To me, he's much more famous right now than he is a good player. 
I think he got anointed really, really fast. I loved him coming out. I thought this guy was going to be the next Drew Brees. But as we've learned, a big part of Drew Brees is like the human being, character, the work ethic. Remember Reggie Bush Instagrammed last year? <laughs> he was there to like be introdu- introduced. He's like, this is this is what greatness looks like. Drew by himself in the dome, in the practice facility dome, just like doing visuals against air. It was Call crazy. It audible. Like, yeah, this guy's a nut job. But that that that's what greatness is. I would say last year Baker had the like this guy got fat. He's not working that hard. It was a disaster. I had now, the hand picked coach. It felt like. It, not all of it's your fault. In the NFL, a lot of it's dependent. When you're a quarterback on who's your, your play caller slash head coach, I would say when you factor in his new head coach slash play caller, Kevin Stefanski, only one year as an offensive coordinator, Cousins was 26-6. and six. And you'd say, that Minnesota team had a lot of talent. Diggs, Thielen, uh, Rudolph, obviously Dalvin Cook. I'd say this Cleveland team, Odell, Jarvis, they sign Austin Hooper, Nick Chubb, like they, oh Kareem Hunt, who's not suspended. <laughs> like that's they draft offensive linemen in the first round. They sign Conklin. Like they, they just you can't like Baker couldn't ask like could I have more talent? Like no, not really. Like this is this is as good as it gets in the NFL, right, guy? Yeah, it's hard to do the oh, but he plays for the Browns and nobody ever survives being the quarterback for the Browns when you look around and there's all this talent around you, right? It's, it's hard Would to play that Would you agree right game. now Baker Mayfield is more famous than he is good? Yeah, but part of that is like, even if he was pretty good, that would still be the case, right? Like, I would have said that after his rookie year. Like, he was good, but he was more famous yeah. than he was good. Like, I but think he became, he wasn't just the number one pick then, remember, after his rookie year, he's on all these campaigns. Remember last year, he was like, God, I, I, they're more uh, like, Baker like, Mayfield how commercials. How about that? No. <laughs> chick, chick. How about that? No. And it snowballed, right? He had an embarrassing season, and every game you watch, you got a Baker Mayfield commercial. You got 30 of them. I think if we took this conversation and rewound it 12 months, coming off of his first year in the league, we would have said something like, we probably did if we checked the tape, we could probably find it, right? We're talking about uh, his 27 touchdowns and 14 picks. We'd probably be like, man, if those 20, throws 27 again and a 14 just becomes 11 and... You get a little more talent around you, right? If I had told you coming into last year that he just had the same year in terms of touchdowns and interceptions, you would have said, I bet it can look like an even better year than his rookie year does because I bet he just makes yes. better decisions. I bet his completion percentage goes up. Completion, completion percentage went down by like five, four or 5%. So, you know, I... I uh, I'm still optimistic. He's another guy, John, who I still feel good, like Darnold. I still feel good about. And really, you'd argue his rookie year is better than any, any of the two years Darnold put together, right? Yeah. I, I mean, to me, unlike Darnold, he has the equipment around him. Like Baker Mayfield could be a pro bowler this year, and they could be a 10-win team. And he could throw 32 touchdowns and, and 10 picks. Yeah, but, right? yeah, or the Browns fire Kevin Stefanski, and he's on his third coach in three years. Then he's just. I don't. And be, he could be in trouble. I think you like Kevin Stefanski, right? Like I, that's not me predicting. I'm just saying this is the. the I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's just. I think he's pretty big. He's getting a lot of hype. Okay. Being a pretty big unknown. It's just the. <laughs> it, it's the historical DNA of this franchise. It's just weird shit happens. Yeah. But there, it's it's not arguable that he has the talent around him. Like you can't you can't ask for that much more talent around you as a young quarterback, right? Well, if most thir- most third year quarterbacks would die to have that menu of skill guys. Yeah. If you said the Browns 
are ten and six this year, we'd go, all right, put it to, like, of course they are. Look if, at their guys. If, if if I'm a Browns fan and my team's been really shitty for a decade, I am legitimately excited right now, a week before the season, and I feel like I don't feel it's fake. Like I no. think we got to have the right to be mad paper. if this team wins seven games. You you have the right to be furious, <laughs> right? So. Yes. Another quarterback. I would say this guy actually feels like he's got quite a bit of hype. His team may be better than people realized last year. Although if you're watching or listening to us, you, you probably have heard us talk about him. But I even think we hit the offseason going, wait a second, how good were the Broncos? Were they? Huh. Huh. Uh, Drew Locke. I mean, they've invested around him. Did, did Elway just say he kind of reminds him of himself or something like that? Um Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Noah Fant last year. Home field advantage in an era, in a season where not a lot of people have one just because of the elevation. Defensive head coach, shouldn't be asked to do too much. Last year started five games, went four and one. Uh, seems to have a little bit of, you've watched him talk, I've watched him talk. Seems to have just like some of the intangible kind of leadership qualities to him. What, He's got this weird think? mix of like, uh, of a lot of, you know, just kind of self-cockiness, but also just good guy, kind of funny. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. I just, I haven't seen an interview with him where I didn't go, God, I kind of, I like Drew Locke. You know I'm rooting is, for this kid. You know what it is, John? The, the stuff, the times I've seen him talk, it's like, it's cockiness, but it's not, he's not like promoting himself. You know, like I watched one video where it's like all about him kind of being a big personality, but he's talking about how good Jerry Judy is. He's not talking about himself. So yeah, there's something there. You know, I, I just pulled up his college stats, guy, okay. and I'll be honest. I didn't watch that much Missouri football. Now, I would say by, like, his junior year, we started hearing his name in the vernacular. Like, this guy's a talented guy. People are talking about him. And in fairness, he was on one of the worst teams in the conference. I remember there was a hype game, I think, his senior year against Florida, and he got railroaded. It was just it, – it was hard. He, he was – he had a an unfair advantage playing Alabama, right, LSU, Auburn. He was on the sh- way shittier team. Right. If you just watch college football, you know Missouri gets on the field with Georgia or Alabama. It's not a fair fight. But here's what I will say about him. He played, he really became a full-time starter his true fre- I don't know if it was true freshman or redshirt freshman year, but he played like he was really productive for three years. He played a lot of football in the SEC guy. So like he has seen elite players, you know, schemed against in the conference against elite teams for a long period of time. Like, he was not a Mitch Trubisky, a one-year wonder, like a legit three-year starting for Missouri where he was a starter start to finish and productive. You know, I mean, 99 touchdowns in the SEC. Now, some of those came in non-conference games, but 23-10, and 10, his junior year, I think, which really put him on the map, 44-13 and 13, and then 28-8. and eight. And last year, remember, he had that game against the Texans where he threw a bunch of touchdowns. His, he's tall. He's got a huge arm. They have weapons around him. I left out Cortland I, Sutton. I, you would say the wild card is just the coordinator, Pat Shermer, their head coach has nothing to do with the offense. And you and I are Vic Fangio guys, but like, if Drew Locke's going to succeed or not, it's not going to be because of Vic Fangio. Like, it, he might help just in terms of just, he knows football players and mindset and stuff, but just... The schematic stuff for Drew Locke. He is very dependent on Pat Shermer. Who's never had a top 10 passing offense, I read today. Which is not ideal. 
He did. He was the offensive coordinator, though, when he got the job for the New York Giants of that Minnesota Vikings team. That remember, Case Keenum had a really, really good season. Yeah. Now they weren't top ten passing up, but they were. But they've now had multiple good offenses through, with multiple different coordinators in Minnesota, right? Yeah, you could say. Well, <laughs> uh, you got Thielen, you got Diggs, you got sweet running backs. Like you're gonna be pretty good. Quarterback that's not right. gonna make mistakes now. Yeah. Now he had. Now to your credit, like you said, it wasn't. He didn't do it with Cousins. But I like this one, John. I, you know, now his division is is difficult, right? I'd say he's the guy. Unlike these other players, the Bakers, the Sams, you know, even Josh Allen, that just has got a lot of buzz and a lot of hype. Without, there's not much tangible stuff yeah. behind it. Like play five we, games. We really don't know anything. Which to me also means a the guy bar like is this, lower. It, yeah, but sometimes it could just he could just not be good, right? And I, I don't think that's the case, and I'm rooting for him, but we've seen this time and time again in football, in the NFL. Just when a team's desperate for a quarterback, I mean, that guy, they're coming off since Peyton Manning, a really, really rough stretch, right? So part of it is when your franchise is used to good quarterback play and you get lucky with Peyton Manning, the second iteration of his, the second, I, I mean, he only played three and a half years there, but, right, it was won an MVP, put up historical stats, and then it was like, oh, we'll just transition easy. We got Elway running the show. And then it was a disaster back-to-back-to-back kind of years. And now I think it feels like, well, this we don't have some has-been or some overachiever. Like, we got a blue-chip talent, big arm, big, you know, tall kid. Just can he put it together? All right? To me, if he breaks out, they're a playoff team. Like, if he, if I tell you Drew Locke throws 30 touchdowns, no, 30 is a lot, 25 and 12. Yeah. Are the Broncos pretty good? Yeah. Here's the other thing, John. We're gonna so we we've they play at Pittsburgh week two, eyeballs. They play uh Tampa Bay week three, eyeballs. They play at the Jets week four, eyeballs. They play at New England week five, eyeballs. That's Denver's schedule. Guy, that's a really, really hard start first with five Tennessee, games. but yeah. I mean, yeah, that's brutal. That first five games, would you say week one at home is kind of a must win just to give yourself a little breathing room because those next those next two weeks are you said at Tampa? Uh, no, Tampa at home, but then they okay. go to the Jets on Thursday night football. Jeez Louise. Is there a chance they're 0 4? Yeah. Now, Pittsburgh's going to, you know, Pitt- Pittsburgh's going to have a big letdown after they win us money week one. So yeah, that's going to be emotional for them. Do it for the Hams. We'll go non quarterback on this one DK Metcalf. Chance to be scary good. Freak show paid you, off last year. I would say that when you say that picture put him on the map, the picture picture put him, him on the map, and then and then Pete Carroll going shirtless with him helped. Um, Ran a four three at the combine. Yeah, for me, I would love for him to stop going by DK and just start going by DeKalen Zacharias Metcalf. But you know, it's harder to say, but it's pretty sweet name. That he's got a he's got a sweet name. I, I, DK, by the way, is the D and the K from his first name. It's not his middle name. That's a Z. He he had fifty eight catches I'm last start year. Start calling him DKZ. Fifty eight catches, nine hundred yards, seven touchdowns. And he, remember, he had the big playoff game against the Eagles. How many career catches do you think he had at Ole Miss? Oh, this is a good question. Um, Th- three years. I remember being very low. Team. I don't remember exactly what the number was. So I'm going to say. You know, doesn't play. Blah, blah, blah. I'm, a little banged up. I'm going to say f- 
41 catches in his career? Yeah, a little low. I mean, 67. Okay. But, I mean, for a guy that's... I mean, how many he had his third year? Catches as a rookie. How many his third year? Uh, his last he was year. down. I think he. I think he had thirty nine and then twenty eight. He basically had just a couple his freshman year. Thirty nine was kind of a big sophomore year, and then twenty eight. So you're talking about a little George Kittle vibes here. Now this guy was way more famous coming into the draft. Obviously, second round pick, and like we said, the shirt. But remember, George Kittle by year two was like, yeah, this guy's a star, and there was a little buzz for him after his rookie year. And like George, physical freak, perfect offense, perfect coach. George, a little less quarterback dependent. Like you put George to anyone, he'd probably be good. DK is kind of quarterback dependent. Like if you put DK with Drew Brees or an Alex Smith, you know, type, I, he wouldn't work. Or Lamar Jackson. He is with the best deep ball thrower in the league, right? It's it's perfect. He runs go routes and posts, and they throw deep to him. I, I Sometimes you just... Thank your lucky stars as a player when you get drafted to the team because it doesn't always happen. That that uses that the, their strengths of what they do are just perfect for you. I'll take it even a step further, John. DK last year led the NFL in red zone targets, and wouldn't you say not only does Russell think about that red zone targets? So that's part of the reason I think his percentage of catches, even though he didn't have a top ten season, but he had a ton of touchdowns relative to his number of catches. And then wouldn't you say, if you were to just flip on on a Thursday or a Sunday or a Monday, doesn't it feel, I don't, I don't have this stat, it feels like Russell probably takes as many end zone shots as anybody in the league? Like Now, yes. like you said, a lot of that's deep shots. But I'm just looking in terms of rushing well, touchdowns why, last why, year. Why, I mean, they had why would he be, think about why he would be such a good red zone target. He's huge, right? Usually red zone targets aren't Deshaun Jackson. Like they, they are Julio Jones. Rob Gronkowski, Tony Gonzalez. They're just DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae, guys that high point the ball. Like you, That's why Crabtree, remember, you could just throw it up in theory. Kaepernick couldn't, but Derek, they ran fades all the time. Guys that go up and get the ball. When I think DK Metcalf, I think a guy that like shoots his hands up, and he's already six foot three, six foot four. To me, he's he's unreal in the red zone because you don't even you just kind of use your big body, right? You, it becomes like going for a rebound. I, I think, Guy, it's not inconceivable that he has 90 catches this year. Now, I'm not trying to make too much of this, but I don't have a choice because we don't get preseason games. Seattle tweets a lot of videos of just the connection between the two. Like they, they, That's one thing they've clearly, and rightfully so, have just tried to like uh, commercialize. <laughs> like, this is coming, Guy. And it already had become a thing because they actually did it. But I, I think they're trying to hype that up as like, this is Russell's second half of his career. This is going to be his guy. Yeah. Well, it's to me, it is. I mean, there are other great quarterbacks. If he had been on the Chiefs, that would have been phenomenal. If you're DK Metcalf, you wouldn't. You would not change for you would. If they said DK, we'll send you to the Chiefs. You want to do a switcheroo? He'd be like, No, I'm good. Leave me with Russ. They're like, yeah. well, Are you sure? I mean, Pat's the future. He'd be like, Nope. Good where I am. I don't really even have to share with anybody. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> exactly. They've been waiting for me for like five years here. More. Uh, they would They would have died to have me back with LOB, right? <laughs> yeah, with Doug Baldwin. Yeah. Yep. Because so. Tyler Lockett, who's a good little player, is just little. I mean, it's just a different... This guy's just a different animal. Well, I mean... Nine, this guy, does he have a chance? I'll give you one. And this is... You calling him an all pro? A little hyperbole and a little bold, and this guy was more fluid. But remember, it was clear pretty early once he kind of hit the scene. Like Terrell Owens was just a different physical animal. Yeah, 
right? Just physically, he was a freak. Is there something DK again? Well, Terrell, but also remember, like DK was like, can DK catch? Yeah, and remember that was the early knock on To. Is it that's why To started crying when Steve Young hit him over the middle on the goal line because it was like he had dropped a couple big passes and at least one big pass in that game, right? And that was kind of the knock on him. I think this guy has pretty good hands from what I've seen and great ball skills. I, I think this guy's going to be a star. Uh. I mean, so if you're saying 90-plus catches last year in the NFL, Tyler Boyd, Darren Waller, Robert Woods, Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup, Kelsey, Allen Robinson, Julio, Julian Edelman, Keenan Allen, Hopkins, McCaffrey, Thomas. Those were all the guys with 90-plus. Now, Michael Thomas would be like, I had 149, so you can go ahead and put me in a different category. <laughs> but we will. that's your group. Yeah, we will. But that's, that's the group. You remember when we were young, I was always uh, in like the late 90s playing Madden. And I was always the Lions because obviously Barry Sanders, but Herman Moore used to be like, yeah. I just remember like 110, 120 catches a season. I'm like, this is insane. This guy catches 120 balls. That guy was way ahead of the curve. You do inflation, 120, like 97. What's that in 2020? 175. Yeah, 190. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Ahead <laughs> of his time. God, I love watching DK. I'm not going to lie, Middlecoff, before we get out of here, woke up uh, Thursday morning, slept in a little bit, slept to like probably. 7.30, and uh, dragging a little, and I like like did the one-eye, I don't know, I do the one-eye phone check, and it, it was like, Woj, Steve, the Brooklyn Nets have hired, and like my eyes hadn't adjusted yet, so I was like blinking, I saw Brooklyn Nets, but I couldn't quite read the other, and I was like doing a few blinks, and I'm like, does that say what I think it says? The Nets just hired Steve Nash to be the head coach? It's incredible! It, 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 Pretty big wow moment. Like, there's, I, I had to do a double take too. I'm like, did he? I thought it was hacked or it was like uh, people were retweeting a fake account. That's what I thought. I, I swear to God, did not believe it. Uh, yeah, it was so weird. But I'm like, but then I was like, you know what? Okay. Yeah, then it made some sense. And then you are going, oh, Kevin and Steve know each other. Remember, they used to work on shooting drills. There were always videos going viral. And you just go, you know what? If you got some pretty mercurial, Especially Kyrie, a little, little out there. Steve does feel like a better player version of Steve Kerr. I mean, no, no shit, they're friends. Like they, they are kind of alike, but just I was like, yeah, I, I could see it. And then you start reading some more things, like Sean Marks played at Phoenix, knows him well. Obviously, Kevin. Did you see that uh, Stephen A. Smith called it white privilege? He, you know, because like Ty Lue and all these guys didn't get the. Now he got crushed for it. Yeah, but it was like Stephen. Jock Vaughn. I don't, I, I, did he say Jock Vaughn? Jock Vaughn's the guy that people have been saying is kind of on that. Well, what Woj wrote, he's not only staying on, he's the highest paid assistant now in the NBA. Jock Vaughn. It's like, God, he went for a good little uh, bubble run. But Steve and A, who, who do you think made this higher? When I, it's like, who do you think? When I saw Steve Nash, once it, I realized it wasn't fake, I go, well, Kevin Durant hired him. That's like, are, do you guys follow the, uh, Steven, do you follow the NBA? Like, this is, Fucking Kevin Durant gave the thumbs up. They hired Steve Nash. This isn't that complicated. Like that's <laughs> and Kyrie too. Like Kevin Durant did the. It's like last year. You don't think I this is like a David Blatt situation? No, <laughs> because they're like I, I heard. I was listening to like a Winhorse. I guess Blatt the other was day. there first, but and, and Winhorse was like, you know, the one reason Chris Paul got railroaded on the trade, he didn't know he was going to get traded, is because James went behind his back to the owner. <laughs> James told the owner he wanted Chris out of there and he wanted Russell. 
So, like, the only reason Russell Westbrook is on the, the Houston Rockets is because James Harden told Tillman Fertitta to fucking tell Daryl Moore to make the trade. And what happened? The trade happened. Like, does anyone follow the NBA? This is how this shit happened. This isn't like, you know, Tom Brady, he just, he never gets what he the wants. Only, the only guy that does his own shit is Presty. Yeah, but you'd agree it's very, very rare once you get like the top five or six players in the NBA, when they say something, yeah. it just happens. Like right. it's not even disputable at this point. And you could argue it goes back to like there were stories about uh what's his name? Magic Johnson getting coached. Like it's it's been a long, long history in the sport, but I'd say now it's the Durants, the LeBrons, the Hardens, like they, they, they don't have a direct line like, hey, uh, just calling the assistant GM, was hoping to talk to him. No, they go right to the owner. You know why? It's not available. Like, because they're paying uh, James Harden $280 million over seven years. Pat Riley ain't having it, though. Well, no. No, he's not. That's his team's wins. Uh, so Friday, we got that. Friday's actually a great hoops night because we got Miami-Milwaukee, game three, must win for Milwaukee. And I don't know if I can do another 365 days of Giannis Twitter, though, John. Um, or as Spiro Didis calls him, Yannis. Which, you know, you go, well, Spiro's, the, Spiro's Greek, so maybe it is Yannis. What do you think about when a player, like after the, the Bucks have lost two games in a row, and after each game, I think there was some like, could he check Jimmy Butler, why is he switching? And Giannis, Yannis, whatever he called him, was like, I just do, and this always goes viral when, he, when, he, when a player drops out, I just do what the coach tells me to do. It's everyone's like that's a shot. I mean, isn't that literally the job of a player? No, I, and I thought like he just said like, hey, if I do that, if I try to be a hero, then we're putting ourselves at a disadvantage. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I thought his answer was fine. But do you agree when the when a guy says now a lot of it's in a facial expression? Like I just do what that coach tells me to do. Dog. Yeah, yeah. You know, or it's like I just do what the coach tells me to do. I'm a team player. Yeah, like, what do you, yeah. you know, there's big difference. And he was somewhere in the middle. Like, I, I couldn't quite get a vibe on him. I didn't think it was negative, but I didn't think it was, like, some ringing endorsement of defensive schemes, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Guy, if they get swept, I mean, is he on the Bucks next year? Uh, I mean, everyone's he'd acting have to like a, He'd have just... to demand a trade, but it, it, you, you'd have to agree. It's a, it could end pretty ugly. It here. could, but if you're the Bucks, you go, look, Yanis, we don't have home, if we had a home court, this would have been a whole different animal. Right, like that's What if he just? What if he demands a trade? Send me to Miami. Send yeah. me to Toronto. Send me to Golden State. Send me to Golden State. Uh, we get Rockets Lakers game one Friday night. Rockets Thunder game seven Wednesday night was weird. Um, are you coming around on the officials in the NBA being historically terrible? So it's weird because. Uh, Wednesday, I was very frustrated with them. I don't know if they're historically terrible, but I think we've got to tell them as a league, like, guys, we got to stop. Because I think one thing that's happened, and I do blame the players for some of this ref narrative, every freaking play is bitching and moaning, and everyone's trying to lobby. How can Harden and Chris Paul both be mad at the same play? Now, it's unbearable. That said, players do, the th- players do bear some And I think blame. they're hard to officiate because they're all kicking out their legs and all trying to get fouled on jumpers. I would stop calling fouls on jumpers unless somebody gets hit across the arm. But the landing area, what about their ankles? All right, that's legit too. But you can't keep kicking your shit out. Like, it's fucking awful. Here's the other thing that has really elevated this in the bubble is all the refs are mic'd up, and we got a camera right there at, at center court 
behind the when replay guy. The, yeah. And so every time you look up, it's just there's a ref talking right there. He's oh, we got to do this. We got to do that. And then we got to review the fucking out of bounds play. And then, no, we called, we actually called a foul, which we pretended we didn't call. And Chris was losing his shit. And James was losing his shit. It's so, yeah, the, the whole thing is too much. It is bad for the sport. I blame everybody. I blame the league. I blame the refs. I, players whining and bitching and moaning. Like, that's the one thing with baseball. You go robo ump, or even at least we've had, you cannot complain to the coach, uh, to the umpires about balls and strikes. So you'll get tossed. The NFL, nobody's bitching and moaning to this degree. The NBA is constant complaining. And it's, again, I blame everybody. And you're right. Part of this is on the officials. But this I, game, I, I, like, would took forever. To, to, to me, the number one perpetrator, and he has been for a decade, I will not dispute this guy's skills because they are immense. He, he is He's vastly superior skill-wise than Russell Westbrook, and that'd be Chris Paul. But for a great player, and he truly, like, maybe in the right situation, he goes down as like a John Stockton type. Like, he, he is a remarkable, true point guard. His fundamental philosophy, and he deserves shit on that. Like, one of the reasons, Chris, you always lose in big moments. There was a play last night, and he's been doing this for years. Why in a Game 7, with less than a minute left, your team's up by fucking one? At half court, you're thinking flop. He thinks flop. I know. Like, I, 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 I listen, again, I, I, people, I, I hate him, but I hate him for that. Like, I, I respect his skill. Like, there's no disputing you have to be a more. Like, but you're saying it's not player. enjoyable to watch. But it's not even just that. Like, could you argue like Chris? That is dumb. What What are you doing? Harden you, did the same are, thing, John. But you are dramatically like skilled defensive player when you why, when you always go to that. Is that the reason you always lose? You always default to. I, it's one thing. I'm not even talking the complaining. He flopped in the middle of the half uh, half court in a in a game fucking seven to that even to like. That's insane. Like, say what you want about LeBron. He doesn't flop. He, like, he's trying to make plays. Curry, Clay, Kevin Durant. Flopping is a... To me, it's like in his veins well, now. It's like part of his game. This is what I would say to the NBA. Like, seven years ago, you guys said you were going to start finding players for flopping. Well, they threw that out the window long ago. Like, they you you got to get back to that shit. Because flopping drives me insane. insane. But, but, but I'd say... I'd but said, to me, guy, of all the best players... He is by far the worst. Would you agree with that? I think James on jumpers is to me right there with him. Well, he, he bad to <laughs> cheating the sport, but you know whatever. Hey, say what you want. Here's one thing I respect about this guy: his skills. He can't shoot. He's a little out of control. You do have to respect, like whatever you say about the guy. Russell is just called him the he most attacks every NBA game. Like not afraid of game sevens. Like. Yeah. James is hiding. Like, where is this guy? I like watching Russ, John. I do too. He just can't make a shot. <laughs> so Lakers Rockets Friday night. Fired up for that. Yeah, me too. Uh, by the way, I, we were going to end, but we got one more thing here just because I'm looking at Twitter. Apparently now, all of a sudden out of nowhere, the Saints and the Titans are both going all in on trying to get Jadavian Clowney. Somebody tweeted, both teams are having players and coaches recruit Clowney right now. So all of a sudden, a bidding war is broken out for Jadavian. Everyone's we all been making fun of him. Maybe he's going to get paid. Did, well, did Clowney just not want to have training camp? There, what, what training camp? Nobody did anything. Everyone's standing uh, around. <laughs> uh, well, then why was it? What are we doing here? He, he got to give him credit. He played the system pretty perfect. We'll, we'll see, see how much money. He we'll gets. see how much money he gets. But Pelissaro said the Saints are sending an all-out blitz 
to try and get Jadavian Clowney, who's spoken to Sean Payton multiple times. At least two other teams are involved. Rap sheet. The Titans have maintained their interest in Jadavian with the Seahawks monitoring, but the Saints are pushing hard. Clowney would you play know. right defensive end on an even front on national TV more than he ever has with a chance to cash in in 2021 after a one-year deal because the GMs and scouts only watch national televised games. But <laughs> What? <laughs> Guys, I mean, well, may, maybe that's why Sean Payton, he does, in fairness, he plays better when he knows people. That's, that's actually, he's not a, right. he's, I take He's back. not a 10 a.m. player, guy. Good, good. He's, <laughs> to me, the Titans schedule, like, when I think the Titans, I think 16 games, I think 10 of them 10 a.m. starts, don't you? Yeah. Like, they, they got yeah. a Saint, little too many right. 10 a.m. starts. Saints, if he had fans and stands, the dude would be an all-pro. Oh, yeah. Honestly, the Saints could be his best spot. Not a great sign that, remember, they drafted once upon a time Marcus Davenport. They traded up to get him. Like, yeah. he was supposed to be there clowning. So, God, maybe John, he's not actually clowning. The Saints, it's like they're always playing with a lead. Be perfect. Yeah, Chasing Tom Brady. They play week two, week one. Saints. Do you see Bucks. Leonard Fournette ended up on Tampa? Yeah, how about that? I don't really love that. I doesn't really feel to like a Bruce Arians type, but... Yeah, you can get a little cocky, I think, sometimes. You go, culture, we got Tom, we got well, Arians. Well, Tom was like, probably hey. like, we would, this would have worked in New England. Well, I bet, I, I, I bet yeah, Tom is actually people. much more open-minded with like character guys than you'd think. Because he's just been around them like, it's yeah, we his, just take flyers all the time. Not his problem. No, <laughs> you like is Tom like I don't know he might not treat me with respect. <laughs> like maybe maybe they're like well of course he acted like a dick in Jacksonville who who was gonna tell him anything? That, that's exactly what they're thinking. He'll be fine here. All right. On that note, dinner time later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.